0: The lives of the saints are adventures of faith, inspiration, mercy, and love for God. Which saint guides your spirit? Whose life inspires you to step out into your community and spread hope? This is Saints Who Lead Us with me, Catherine Laguna. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Saints Who Lead Us podcast. This is Catherine, and I have a co-host with me today. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) This person is the coolest person ever, and I've known him for such a long time. I mean, he knows me so well that he bought me a Gryffindor scarf. Like, what was it? One or two years ago. It was
1: about two years ago, I think that was.
0: (laughs) It's like, in perfect condition. I mean, it's exactly (laughs) exactly like the one that, like, Ron, Hermione, and Harry wears all the time in the movies. I mean, it's perfect. (laughs) Okay, okay, I'll introduce you now. Please, everyone. Welcome, Seminarian Ricardo Salgado.
1: Hello there, Catherine. Hello, everyone.
0: Thank you so much for being here, Ricardo.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to be here.
0: Okay, I already have a very tough question for you. Okay. Why are you from the house of Hufflepuff?
1: Okay, well, um, <laughs> I'll turn that around and say, how come you're a Gryffindor? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, you see, it was really interesting because when I first took the Pottermore test, I actually thought I was going to be a Gryffindor, which is the house that I wanted to be yes. in. But then when I was placed in Hufflepuff, it started listing all the qualities where I said, you know what, actually, yeah, like such as qualities like loyalty, bravery, patience, and I was just like, you know what, yeah, these are things that describe me a lot more.
0: Because I was going to say Traitor. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, you're super patient with everyone. And I think that everybody sees it, especially at your parish, your home parish of St. Catherine of Siena, right?
1: Yes. That's yes, so Kisunia. good. <laughs> and
0: you've been there since like the beginning, right?
1: Yeah. I was actually there ever since 1999 when I first moved from Puerto Rico. I was baptized there, received all my sacraments, and nice. that's where my vocation grew up. Yeah. Wow.
0: That's so great. So how's seminary?
1: Seminary is going good. Thanks be to God. I'm actually just entering my seventh year formation because, you know, it takes us nine years to become a full mm-hmm. catholic priest and right now i'm in my seventh year which marks that i'm actually in pastoral year and i'm doing my pastoral year right now at blessed trinity catholic church in ocala so i'm super excited because that only marks that in about a year and a half and a little less actually i'll be ordained a transitional deacon yes. so i'm really excited really looking forward to that and then hopefully god willing a year later i'll be ordained a priest
0: oh my gosh that is so great and i'm so happy that i've been on this entire journey with you because i feel like you went in there wow you were like one of the youngest ones right weren't mm-hmm. You like 18, 19? I was
1: 17 when 17 I went into seminary. C? Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, breaking records. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a cool thing you were doing over the summer. Wasn't like the hospital work you were um, working with?
1: Yeah, I was actually doing the CPE program, which it stands for Clinical Pastoral Education and Florida Hospital is a wonderful place where I actually got the opportunity to go along with some of my other co-seminarians and it was just an amazing experience because it brought a lot of challenges, but it also brought a lot of graces and a lot of growth um, because I actually have to be honest when I first entered seminary one of the things that actually got me a little anxious was working in hospitals and it was because when I was little I lived a lot in the hospitals and I see that things could go good or it could be quite bad but the chaplaincy program is something that was so beautiful and I was so blessed because not only did I get to work with Catholic people but it was with any faith denomination so I got to be very very amazing got to meet a lot of wonderful people and their staff there is just so they're not even like friends they're my family after working there for two months it was (laughs) and An amazing experience yeah it's
0: so great i think like when you get to reach out and and know that everybody that believes in god we're all united we're all christians i think that's just something that brings out the best in everyone so i, oh, think I that's, agree that's Absolutely. such a beautiful yeah. thing well thank you so much for coming along i know cal is like a little further away so yeah. <laughs> it's so good to have you here in the faith studio um, doing a podcast with us and when i asked ricardo which saint he wanted to do for this week's podcast he leaped in like so much joy and everything because he's like no we need to do it on Saint Padre Pio.
1: Saint Padre Pio de Pietrecina. That's my little Italian accent for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: perfect because mine is nothing compared to yours. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. Okay, so then for St. Padre Pio, I was reading a lot about him, and it turns out that he worked in a in a family of farmers, which I thought that was really interesting to know. I mean, there was something where there was a family business, and then even his uh, father had to work in Jamaica and in New York just to, like, provide for the family. So I think that's something cool, that he came from such a humble family background. And um, you know what that I also found out? Padre Pio's first name was not actually Pio. It was what?
1: It was Francesco. Yeah, see?
0: <laughs> Another one of see your... not only
1: a podcast but an Italian <laughs> way of pronouncing these words. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's so good. And so when he would finally um, wanted to, you know, think about becoming a priest, he ended up going to the friar and then that's when he took in the name Bio. And he also um, joined the Chimunks. Or am I pronouncing that right?
1: No, it's actually the Capuchins. No, see
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, have a brain dime, just not saying them correctly. Yeah. <laughs> And so then after his ordination and, you know, going through all that spiritual journey with him, um, with God, he ended up being drafted into World War One, which I thought was like, what? A priest in war. But then if you really think about it, there's so many military chaplains, though. So Absolutely, even from yeah. back then, back in the day, there was people that would go over and just give spiritual growth to people. Yeah. So I think that's incredible. Absolutely. And one of the amazing things about Padre Pio is that he was a teacher and a spiritual director for all those who needed it in war. And, and and especially for people that you know you're fighting for your country and things like that but i think People always need either the Eucharist or, you know, just to listen to God's word. Like, what do you think about spiritual direction?
1: Yeah, well, actually, spiritual direction is something that um, it's a really highly encouraged requirement for us at the seminary because it's something that it allows us to have this relationship with God. But at the same time, there's somebody there who's walking alongside us and helps us understand our own relationship with God. And especially in the military today, uh, that's one of the things that I'm actually, discerning right now is actually to be a military chaplain um hopefully in the near future just whenever it's all in god's time Mm -hmm. and that's something that i'm really That's what I want to do, because especially for those who serve our country, thank you for all those uh, military men and women who are also listening to this. They all need a very they need a spiritual director. They need someone who's mentoring them, somebody who's giving them that spiritual support, that encouragement, because a lot of these people actually go away for long periods of time from their families and us. And being in the seminary and studying to be a Catholic priest is something that's very supernatural and very out of this world. And so we're just trying to understand where our vo- what our vocation is and where we fit in in the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And I've had a lot of very good spiritual directors um, so shout out to them thank you so much for for Father Joseph who's at St. John Vianney College Seminary and for Father Stephen Olds a priest of the Diocese of Orlando uh-huh. and I had to mention them because they have been amazing spiritual directors for me and not only do they become spiritual directors but they become our friends, our family yes. um, people who really care for us individually as people and help us discover our vocation and help us to guide us throughout the right path until the day of our ordination and it becomes an ongoing thing. Not, the, not only does it stop us having spiritual direction at seminary, but actually um, throughout our priesthood as well. And it's not something that it's only for priests or religious. Anybody could have a spiritual director, a lay person. And it's really important. Actually, I highly encourage it because there'll, there'll be times where we want to deepen more our relationship, and sometimes we don't know how to do that, and that's completely normal, and that's fine, and that's why our parish priests um, can be like our spiritual director, our mentors, and and help us out with that. And I feel like Padre Pio did such an amazing job of that.
0: Yeah, no, and I was just thinking about that because for some reason I had an epiphany this year, and maybe it was some some other podcast I was listening to, where somebody said, and it was a regular lay person, and they said, "Oh, because my spiritual re- director said this," and I'm like, "Wait a second, what? You have a spiritual director? I mean, why do?" <laughs> I have a spiritual director yeah. and why did I not think about that before? So right. I think that's something that I'm really looking forward to figuring out, like who who could be that for me and and I encourage anybody out there listening right now, like grab one. Like someone that you think even if it's your priest, I know the priests are very busy doing things that are going on in daily life, but even um someone like a catechist from your own parish someone that you know would give you um, would give you good encouragement and someone that you trust with you know things that you want to talk about because I know a lot of things are very personal
1: absolutely yes and every time when you go through spiritual direction, this is something that stays strictly confidential between just you and your spiritual director. So it's something that I highly encourage. It has gotten me through so much, and I'm so thankful for spiritual directors.
0: That's so good. So then there's something that happened to Bio when after he spent some time in the military is that he got sick. So then he actually had to um, be discharged from the military, but from there his life took off because he did so many amazing things after that. And He entered the friary of San Giovanni, Rotondo.
1: Rotondo. Rotondo.
0: (laughs) From there, he actually had a turning point in his life because he actually had a vision of Jesus. And then from that vision of Jesus, what happened to him, Ricardo?
1: Yeah, so after that vision, it's something really cool and really supernatural that happened. So what happened was that he received what is called in the Catholic Church as a stigmata. Now, for those that don't know what a stigmata is, a stigmata is basically the five wounds of christ some of the saints have received all five which the five wounds are the crowning of thorns on the head um the two that he had on his hands and the two that he had on his feet in this case padre pio received three he received one on each hand and he also received a shoulder wound now which one did he which one's a shoulder wound he was actually receiving the same pain that Jesus had when he was carrying the cross. Wow. And part of this as we will see later on that Padre Pio was also given that supernatural ability um in his fullness with Christ that he was able to pretty much see more of the beyond. And part of that was that he when told one of his, one of his friars, um, one of his friar brothers that he said, you know what, I feel like later on, I'm actually going to have a lot of pain and I won't even be able to put on a simple undershirt because of the shoulder pain, because it was so unbearable, that pain.
0: Oh, my goodness. Wow. And so something that I found so surprising about all of this, especially the stigmata, was that for a very short time, there were people like in the church, medical people, people they were saying that padre pio's stigmata wasn't legit it was something that maybe he was making up like i mean i think you were telling me a story about the way that you know if he covered his stigmata too much like can you tell me a little bit about that
1: yes of course so padre pio's stigmata was something that even in his own community they were notifying it as him doing self-harm that it was something that he was actually making up and the thing was that once after his vision of Jesus he received the stigmata and the thing is that he actually did not want to tell anybody of his stigmata so he tried covering it up with gloves but what was interesting is that once he started covering it up, the more he covered it up with his gloves or anything the stigmata would start to bleed and it would start to overflood with blood and the thing is that once he took off the gloves that's where the bleeding would stop it's because of that message, that sign that Jesus wanted them to see because of their unfaithfulness
0: Yeah, and I find this to be a very hard time for him. Like, I'm thinking about it for myself. I'm like, wow, could you imagine people not really believing you or just going through a difficult time of trying to understand why this is happening to him when things have been going pretty, you know, decent so far? And so, in such a difficult time, you know, Padre Pio never complained about it. He was like, you know, Jesus, I'm here to be your witness, and whatever is done to me, you know, shall be. So, then, Ricardo, what is something or how do you get through difficult times? your life is it prayer what do you think
1: yeah you know the big thing about that is that for me my relationship with God it has to be there because the moments where I do not recognize God not even at least once during my day my day I already know it's not going to go right (laughs) my own relationship with God is something that gets me through everything um, I also have a lot of good supportive friends and family that I know I can trust that I can go to, and especially when times get tough, our brothers in the seminary as well. We know that we can trust each other, and we have uh, friends that we know we can go to and have these conversation and just talk things out. Very simple. I'm one of the pre- I'm one of the people that likes to talk things out, and hopefully, you know, resolve that just by simply just talking it out. Or I simply love music. Music is something that I feel like I can go to, and it's just something that can uh relax and and just a lot of that beautiful uh classical music because uh a lot, one of the things that i really love listening to is our sacred hymns for the catholic church mm-hmm. uh saint augustine said that once we uh uh singing music, it's like praying twice. And I totally agree with that, because it's something that unlocks things in my heart that I can't put and express into words. It's beautiful. So, I love that, I really do. That's what I go to. No,
0: I think that's great. And so, after the Stigmata, Padre Pio hardly left where he was located at with the Franciscans, so something that did happen was people came to him they're like well you're not going to leave we're going to go to you and visit you cuz they wanted to celebrate mass with him they wanted them to hear his uh their confessions yes. like he he grew his uh confessional ministry into something so large yeah. that people actually had to take numbers. Yeah, he became
1: very popular in his time. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, the lines for confession with him were like 10 hours long. It was something that, were you saying that he never left?
1: Yeah, so when he was in the confessional, it was just amazing because sometimes he would go up to 11 to 12 hours just nonstop. And there would be friar brothers in his friary that would say, Padre Pio, it's time for you to get out. And Mm. he's like, no, I want to make sure I get through everybody. And this was something that you have to understand. Padre Pio was so faithful to his relationship with God that it, it was even said that the demons were so furious with Padre Pio because of his devoutness to his relationship with the Lord and one of the cool things that actually happened during confession was that he used to have this ability uh, as you can see he just had a lot of abilities just because of his devoutness with Jesus Christ one of his things that he used to do was that he would know if people were finished confessing to him all of their sins now he would never come straight up and say it <laughs> he would never go up straight and say it but he would just be so humble and so gentle about it but it was because he wanted to purify the soul fully mm-hmm. of the human person he cared so much about all of his spiritual sons and daughters that he wanted to make sure that they were completely in this state of grace and there was this girl that one time she went to go and confess with Padre Pio and she says okay so that's all of my sins that I'm going to confess father and he simply looks at her and he says my child are you sure that you've confessed everything that you want to confess and she says she. first of all she pauses and then she says yes but once she took that pause and she said yes Padre Pio kept looking at her kind of like somebody staring down at your soul (laughs) and she just runs out of the confessional crying and they never got to finish the confession for at least a couple of minutes because she went outside running and she fell down on her knees and she started crying and as padre pio was still sitting in the confessional he was actually by locating and actually appeared to this girl and it touched her heart and just simply saying my daughter you're gonna be forgiven just believe in the mercy of god and she walks back into the confessional and mind you padre pio cannot see who's going into the confessional and she sits down and he says to her my child are you now ready to finish your confession So he knew that it was her. And once she finished the confession, he absolved her of all of her sins. He steps out of the confessional and gives her a hug. And it was just something that it just he he inspires me in so many ways. And this is just such a (laughs) beautiful story of God's mercy and love for his people. Uh, So, yeah, so that's why I just feel like Padre Pio just did such an amazing job. Of
0: course. And then there's another thing that people have said. Many people have um, taken note that they've been cured from their sickness, from their illness because of the intercession from Padre Pio. And I remember reading something about in the 60s where an archbishop in Poland had actually asked Padre Pio, to pray for a certain woman, a Polish woman in fact, mm-hmm. um, because she had throat cancer. Right. So then I guess Padre Pio decided, okay, yeah, I'm gonna pray for her, of course. And so within two weeks she was cured and this was like a death sentence Isn't basically. That amazing? Yeah, so there's yeah. so many accounts, and so many reports about Padre Pio being that intercession of healing and forgiveness and all these things. So something that's very incredible. Also, then, Ricardo, wasn't there another story about the military son?
1: Yes, actually, this mother who had her son in the military, she was very concerned because in the conditions that the war was going on at the time, she felt that her son, who actually got shot, was actually going to die. So she asked for Padre Pio's intercession. And after that, a couple days later, this woman came to Padre Pio and said, Padre Pio, I don't know how you did it, but your prayers came through my son right now is being healed and not only did he tell me that he was healed but he actually saw that you appeared to him thank you thank you so much so a lot of uh, we've experienced a lot of bilocation from Padre Pio as he was still Mm -hmm. living on earth and we just received a lot of supernatural things that occurred to him it was like he was just such a mystical saint but at the same time it's just he was very real really humble and and he stuck to his humanity and that's what made it a lot cooler which I think for me you know as as a patron saint for me during my uh, vocational discernment to the priesthood.
0: Yeah, and I think there's something that's really cool about Paraterpio is that he was canonized when we were alive. You know, for a lot of young adults, um, he became a saint in 2002. I mean, I was in ninth grade. What grade were you in?
1: I was in second grade. Okay, so maybe
0: you don't remember (laughs) the canonization on EWTN where I saw masses of people just gathered everywhere. But yeah, in second grade, I don't think you were to remember that. No, (laughs) I think I
1: might have been in my math or reading classes at that time.
0: I don't even think we had DVRs at that time to like record it and replay it, did we? No, it
1: was it. still VHS. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought
0: it was just so nice how, how many people were gathered there. It was um, a canonization by St. John Paul II and it was so cool because that was his 45th canonization that year. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. he got busy making saints. He was right. not playing <laughs> around. <laughs> so I think that's very, very neat about um, about Padre Pio, about uh, St. Paul John II. And so so, you know, just to, like, wrap up a little bit about the podcast and stuff, um, I know this is going to be very hard, Ricardo, for you because you love <laughs> Padre Pio so much. Oh, but I do. <laughs> if there is one thing that you could take away and just something that maybe you can say, like, this is how you can apply sub- something about Padre Pio's faithfulness and stuff to your daily life, what would it be?
1: Yes. So, yes, there is a lot, but I'm only going (laughs) to stick to one. (laughs) Yes. So for me, I would definitely have to say that he inspired me through his faithfulness and his relationship with God. What we have to understand is that Padre Pio, during his life here on Earth, he was attacked, Catherine, so much by the devil himself and all of his demons. And he was a saint that through it all, like you said, he never complained but he always stuck to his relationship with god and that's something the reason why i also wanted to choose him was because of my own discernment to the to the priesthood because as as priests and as future priests the devil will try to do anything in his power to make sure that that doesn't happen and that a relationship with god is completely cut off and that's something that padre pio never allowed for the enemy to do And one of the things was actually what's really interesting was that the devil himself appeared to Padre Pio on several occasions. And on one of them, he actually told them that he was so furious with Padre Pio because if there was only two other people that were just like Padre Pio on this earth, it would be enough to cast him out of this world.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So it was a lot of saints that actually went through that, not only Padre Pio, but actually with St. John Vianney as well. But that's what I wanted to take from Padre Pio is his faithfulness and his relationship with God is something that I know that I can take away from that and I can implement that in my own life and hopefully throughout my priesthood for the rest of my years.
0: No, exactly. And, you know, just mentioning that, it came to mind something that um, St. Paul John Paul II said during the canonization is that he praised Padre Pio's Uh, prayer life and his charity. And he says something like, this is the most concrete thing of Padre Pio's teaching, is that he just was such a charitable man. And I think that's just something that we can use as an example um, in our day-to-day life. I mean, there's so many nice things that people are doing right now, especially for, like, Puerto Rico. I find that to be such a charitable thing for people to just, like, go out there themselves to help out. And it's something that is just a humbly way to live out the gospel, right?
1: Oh, I totally agree. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so then... Do you know any other fun facts about Padre Pio you wanted to share as we conclude the podcast?
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, you're going to love this one. So recalling St. John Paul II recalled all these wonderful things and events that happened in the life of Padre Pio. But let's take it back in time to when Padre Pio himself met St. John Paul II when he was a seminarian. And did you know what he said to him? He said to him that one day he would hold the highest position in the church. Wow. And in this case, it actually came true as St. John Paul II became one of the wonderful and greatest popes of the Catholic Church.
0: Oh, my goodness. That is incredible. Isn't that awesome? Wow. See? Father DeBio has so many great qualities to him and something, it's just a person that we can just learn so much from. And Ricardo, thank you so much for being my co host this week for uh, Say to Lead Us. I'm so grateful that you were here with us.
1: Oh, no, thank you so much for having me. I've had so much fun. And it was great seeing you again, a good longtime friend. I
0: know, my childhood friend. We're like buddies.
1: Right. Oh, yes, we are. I mean, you know,
0: my brother and everything, and my whole family.
1: Absolutely. Actually, I had a really good history with all of your family, too. See, isn't
0: that beautiful? Oh, my gosh. Another podcast then.
1: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, most definitely. And thank you so much for all those that are listening out there to the Diocese of Orlando. Thank you so much for allowing me this time to be the co-host seminarian for this wonderful podcast. Thank you so much. God bless you all. And know that all of you will always be in my prayers.
0: Amen. And let's just make sure that we keep Ricardo and all of his brother seminarians in prayer, too, because they are the future of our church. Amen. (laughs) All right. So thanks for listening to Saints Who Lead Us. Until next time, have a fabulous day.
1: Bye. Thank you.